what are we doing in the black community? The number one consumer of a Mercedes Benz is us. Us. The number one consumer of a Gucci and a Louis Vuitton. Us. And they don't even advertise. Why is it that in the black community, we are always the number one consumer, but we're not the number one creators? So you just said it, the fact that there's consumers and creators for so long, we assume success based on consumption. Mm. Welcome to another episode of Closing the Gap, uh, The Truth About Black Wealth. I'm blessed and fortunate today to have a man, Mr. Otis Lever, here today. Yes, sir, man. I go, go back a long ways with this gentleman. Um, you know, I remember walking into a locker room at UAB, um, you know, 20 plus years ago now, and, you know, I looked up and I was like, wow. And I remember walking onto a practice field and my dad was standing on the sideline because it, uh, it was spring training. Mm -hmm. And it was before the year before I came, you know, and started. And, you know, my dad looked at me and I looked at him. He looked at me and said, you sure you ready for this? Yeah. He said, there's some big boys out there. And I, and I looked at him and I said, yeah, I think so. Yeah. I was scared as I don't know what inside, but it was just something in me. I can't say that I'm scared, but hey, you know, I was, I was shaking a little bit. I didn't know if I was ready. So, but you know, you know, Otis was that that person that I saw, and I was just like, wow, this this is what college football finna be all about. So, um, you know, your character, your your integrity is something that you know I've had a chance to see from you know years back. You know, you've never been obviously. I think you're a lot more vocal than you were <laughs> at that point in time, but you always had a strong voice. And you always were a leader, you know. So those are things that I just witnessed, you know, being a young guy coming into the program and seeing someone that, you know, led by example. Because yeah. I, I kind of probably fall more into that category. I'm not a real outspoken person. Um, we're very passionate and, and very direct in kind of the way I operate and the way I do things. But, you know, it's a pleasure to have you here today, man. And we're going to jump into closing the gap, of course. And, you know, of course, and people always ask, like, man, how does wealth time to physical fitness and training and things of that nature and you know it's you know health is wealth you know and this is someone that you know he trains for a living um you know kids you know little small everything in between it's all about pushing and helping people be the best that they could possibly be so and definitely uh, grateful and thankful for having you so man first thing oh i just want to you know fall back and figure out how did you get into training like you know where did that come from man uh <laughs> uh i left the in i left the nfl in 06 Mm -hmm. And uh, I started flipping houses. Okay. And then the houses started flipping me. <laughs> uh, when the market crashed, I lost about three, four hundred grand, man. Went through a tough time, went through a divorce and some other things, man. And, and man, I'm going to be honest with you, man. I, I was lower than snakes, really, man, at one point. <laughs> and, uh, and one day, man, it's like, I, you know, I heard from God, man, go back to what you know. It's more than one way to be on the field, you know, and so many times when you talk about black wealth, so many times, especially in our community, we feel as if the only way to participate in sports is to be on the field. Yeah. Man, you can be an owner, you can be a trainer, you can be an agent, you can be a gym. We're not thinking those, those different types of streams of revenue. And so, man, uh, 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 when, 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 I, when I heard that voice, man, I got up and I started at the time. With, me, me and her was dating at the time. Me and my wife not even dating at the time. She had a younger son who I later go on and make it my son. Uh, he was about 12 or 13. I started training him. And then he, he was at Homewood Middle School and other kids started coming. And man, it evolved into what you've seen. But I just decided, man, you know what? Let me take what I understand, which is ball, mm -hmm. and find a way not so much at that time I was thinking on a money tip, but let me find a way to save my own life. Because I was so I was so down in the dump from leaving the NFL and thinking, man, you know this, you've been there too. We think all we are is ball players to a degree. Yeah. And so when, when that reality hit, it's like, man, I, I gotta snap out of this 
And, and it's so funny, man, uh, jokingly, a lot of people say, hey, Otis, man, you out there saving a lot of kids' lives. But when they don't know initially, them kids saved my life. <laughs> Mm. Because they gave me something else to believe in, mm. so 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 that's kind of that's kind of how the training whole aspect that was the start of it when 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 the, when the houses started flipping me. <laughs> well, you know what's crazy, but I feel like you know every good start story starts with you know someone hearing from God. Oh, absolutely. Um, I'm, I'm a firm believer, and that's kind of how I ended up you know being a financial advisor. Can't believe it or not, and you know it's crazy because I you know managed the economics and finance course while I was at UAB, but mm. at the time I'm thinking, okay, I had a chance to maybe go play a little ball. Get hurt first thing at camp, come down wrong on the knee, get that first class ticket home, <laughs> try to figure out what's next. And my father being a former coach, um, actually a former, actually coached at your old high school, America's High School, yeah, yeah. Down, in, uh, <laughs> down in South Georgia. But, you know, he bumped into a former player, asked him what I was doing. And, you know, I was at home just training rehab and trying to figure out where I was going to go next. And he said, man, you know, tell him to come check this out. You know, so I went and he was working at a company called Mutual of Omaha. And I was like, man, I ain't finna sell no insurance. I don't wanna do this. This ain't this ain't what I'm trying to do. But at the time, I was rock bottom. I'm I'm going through a little bit of depression because like you said, I always see myself as, okay, this window is open and you finna take a step. Yeah, you're gonna be able to do some things, you know, pay your mom back this, get your dad, dad, and do all these special things for the people around you that you care about. And all of a sudden when that window and that door closes shut, and I'm like, you know, I fall into that state of depression and I just trying to battle and fight my way out of it, didn't know where to turn. Felt like a failure, felt like I, you know, I let everybody down and, you know, when my mom didn't need a house, my dad didn't need a house, they were okay, they would take care of it. But it's just my internal feelings that I had and the things that I wanted to accomplish that I feel like I had fell short of. And at that time, like I say, bumping into my dad, bumping into his former plan in the bank one day on a Friday afternoon. Next thing I know, I'm meeting with a guy at, at an office in Montgomery, Alabama, and a week later, I'm working for an insurance company. Wow. You know, people are asking, like, how did you get to be a financial advisor? I'm like, man, it's strictly God's plan. I said, me need a call for you were chosen. Yeah. You know, I literally just kind of fell into this and started working and about a year into it, you know, <laughs> I woke up one morning and God said, I want you to teach people how to create generation of wealth. And it was just wow. something that was on my heart and on my mind. And like I said, going through a similar thing where I had, you know, started having some success in the business. We started living too much, a little bit in the world, started enjoying fruits of the labor I had a little bit. And, you know, fortunately, I was, you know, raised in the church and, you know, trained up a child in the way that he should go. And when he's old, he won't depart from it. So I heard that voice in my head say, man, you got to get it back together. And luckily, you know, I started doing that and woke up one morning. And it was just like, hey, light bulb went off. I need to teach people how to create generational wealth. And that was 2008 in the middle of <laughs> that financial crisis that everybody was yeah. going through. And, you know, that light bulb went off and it was just like, wow. You know, that's my passion, my mission ever since. And it's always, you know, for me, it's always a pleasure to hear how other people kind of started their journey as well. And because I think one of the central figures that, that's lost in a lot of this, um, whether it's creating wealth, health, and everything else, that passion and motivation, I think that's God-given. Absolutely. I think if you can hear, you know, the voice of God, I think that, you know, that dictates the passion and it creates an ever-burning flame that, you know, that would never go out. Um, and I think that's something that we kind of all need to get back to a little bit because those are the things that I think we've lost from previous generations. Absolutely. And those those stories, you know, grandmothers and grandfathers and those pouring into us and helping to you know, teach us and guide us. So, you know, I'm grateful and thankful and seeing you doing that for the next generation, man. Oh, yeah. Definitely. I, I, uh, to be very honest with you, it's just to piggyback off of something you were just saying, man. We talk about rock bottom. Man, rock bottom really is the most solid foundation you can get. When you build a house, man, you start from rock bottom. Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes, man, when we, when we slide down, when we slide down that slippery slope, man, uh, 
uh, we, we, we experience things, man, that actually give us that true foundation to build a house. Because, you know, up until 20, 25 years old, we still riding off of grandmama prayers. We still yeah. riding off of granddaddy uh, instruction and mama instruction. But, 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 but now we got a chance to test that water a little bit. And now God put us in a situation when we hit rock bottom to kind of add a little bit of what grandmama told us, a little bit of what granddaddy told us, a little bit of what we learned. And now we got a foundation. Absolutely. So 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 that, you know, man, I, I can identify with that rock bottom. So uh, I, I really do feel like that's what a blessing is. Well, I believe that it's truly in the blessing. I think God allows us to hit rock bottom so we can take our time, sit down, be still, hear him. Yeah. And I think when we're doing so much and, you know, running around and enjoying everything else and everything's going good, we don't have time to hear him. Yeah. But when we get to a place and, you know, we need him and we know that we need nobody but him, yeah. it creates, you know, that stillness that I think we all need to have in our life to be able to take our time and hear from God. We'll be right back so you hear more from us. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, coming in, yeah. Flex, I just wanna win. Yeah, LABB, who we running with? Yeah, 2250, I'm on 10 again. Yeah, state your name. Bibbing dope on flame, I just switched the lanes. Damn, he did it again, I just flipped the pain. Stripping and dipping in bass, slab on everything. Swimming, you sinking away, cause I got big racks coming, I put my low racks on it. Welcome back to Closing the Gap, the truth about black wealth. Of course, we're here picking back up with Mr. Otis Leverett, um, having a great conversation today. Uh, very blessed. I'm very excited. Um, and we kind of dove into a little bit about, you know, kind of, you know, how we got, um, you know, into training. You know, um, what was your motivation, your passion, kind of, you know, your reason behind it. Um, and obviously that, that passion has led into, you know, something that's, you know, taking on, you know, maybe... You know, taking some turns that maybe you didn't even anticipate. Oh, um, so, you know, with that being said, you know, since you've you know gotten into the you know training full time and working with kids, what has probably been the most rewarding part? Uh, just being back on the journey. You know this from playing ball. You know, at all days at UAB, you miss the games, you miss the practices, man. But more than anything, you miss that camaraderie of that locker room. <laughs> that that brotherhood that, that can't be duplicated nowhere else on earth, man. And so what it did when I got the training, man, it gave me that feeling about the back, being on the journey with these kids. That's why, you know, nowadays, man, a lot of people like to attach themselves to kids. Man, I, I, I'm still old school where I, I like, the, I like the, 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 the journey to where I'll take a kid, whether you're a five-star or no-star, and go a five, six, seven, eight year. Man, I got kids now. Uh, prime example would be Jameis Winston, who plays for the for the uh, Saints. Man, me and that kid been together now. Well, he's a grown man now, but me and him been together for 14 years. Yeah. So what I'm saying is like it's the it's the journey for me and the and the feel that feeling like so when they out there playing and we know we'll never play again. But man, when those kids out there and, and you've been on that journey with them and you can literally see the manifestation of what you've done, mm -hmm. it, it, it ain't no it ain't no feeling like it and you a part of it and at the end of the game you you high-fiving it. You talking, you know, you going over the the, the, the drills y'all did that simulated into the game. So it, it's the same feeling. That's the only way that I could create that feeling again was through 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 training, man. Yeah, and I, you know, it's crazy. I, you know, I always try to think about, you know, what, what you can do to simulate the passion, you know, and the feeling that you have, you know, just, you know, and I try to explain to people, most times they didn't play ball, they don't understand it. And, you know, I think about just standing on, you know, LSU field, you know, that night we beat them. Just being, and I'm, I'm just looking up at the crowd, I'm just, and just 
that noise and that that atmosphere and you know those are the moments that you know that I remember it's like okay the games like I say you remember certain plays and things you did but just the experience you know most people don't understand what it feels like to walk out those tunnels and to be on that field and hear those crowds roar and you know those were you know the things that you know I kind of take from it uh, which is kind of crazy you know I think I'm probably just a few years removed I think I couldn't watch football probably to probably maybe five, six years ago. Yeah, it'd take a minute. You know, I couldn't. I mean, I, I would go to games and I would almost <laughs> almost break down because yeah. my heart would be so much wanting to be on the field that I just got to a point probably in the past few years where I could watch a football game and not critique it and just watch it for the enjoyment of yeah. the game. Nah. Because I'm, I'm looking at it through a certain lens of, okay, well, this guy, he took a false step. And he, yeah. he made a mistake. Well, he did this and he did that. So I found myself doing more critiquing than actually enjoying of the game. But, you know, those are things that I, you know, I take with me. And I, and I try to explain to people that, you know, but they won't get it. But the biggest thing for me is now trying to take that same passion and create those experiences for other people. So now I try to do this through, of course, you know, obviously being a financial advisor, people always ask me, how does it translate? Well, it translates because, you know, my goal is to touch people I never come to contact with. So my goal is to, the same way you can see those kids and see the work that you put in and see how things are transpiring in their lives and you can see where it's going to take them. Because my biggest thing in, you know, that athletics, you know, was for me is, you know, it was a teaching ground for life. Yeah. You know, the, the the lessons that I learned, you know, knock down, get back up, you know, never stop fighting, continue to, you know, you stay in the race no matter at all costs, you know, yeah. you, you, no giving up, no quit. You know, those are things that I think, you know, are elements that, you know, everybody needs just to survive in life. Absolutely. And, and, and what you're doing, training, I mean, you know, I love it because I feel it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I guess and a lot of people don't they don't get that. You know, they go in and they do a workout and they go to a train, they, they come out of the gym and they think they got better. But, you know, when I'm watching your kids and I'm seeing them push themselves past limits that they that they didn't know they had. Absolutely. You know, when they, they pull it more out of themselves than they thought they had and the reward at the end of that kind of workout versus, you know, them just going to a gym and working with a trainer and they did a workout and they completed it. It's not the same. Absolutely. And for people who, you know, don't have athletic backgrounds, they don't necessarily understand that. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I think they don't get the difference in, like I said, I heard you say it one time, somebody who's a trainer and somebody who trains. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> there is a big difference in, you know, tell me, I guess, you know, in, in your journey in, you know, helping these kids kind of grow and develop and, you know, seeing them have those, you know, those transformations in, in being what they were from eight years all the way up to, you know, not going to college and being successful. You know, what are some things that you wish you would have done differently? Oh, I, absolutely, man. I, I think I think the, the, the biggest thing I would have did different, if, if I could go back, I would be a greater respect of the time. Mm. It's just something about, man, youth that makes you feel like you got forever. <laughs> and, and now that I understand it, as me and you talked about, losing teammates and see how fast life is fleeting and realizing that there are some opportunities that will come again and there are other opportunities that never come again. And I think now looking back, and that's why, you you know, you talked about gratitude and being grateful even when we got started. Those are buzzwords for me because when you really are grateful and you really got gratitude, you respect time. People who don't, people who are not grateful for things, people don't have gratitude, they end up missing the boat and they actually end up being in a counterproductive situation because they're not grateful enough to even understand how powerful their opportunity is. Mm. So if I can go back, man, if anything, I would tell the young oldest man, hey, man, I'm talking about every rep, 
need to need to look like this because every rep you take, every bench press you do, every heel you run, you are one step closer to this thing in it. And, and, and just then, just didn't understand it. So that's a big part of my message. That's, that's my hook to my song, if you will, to my kids. Respect time. Stop fooling yourself as if, and you know, and, and, and you see this happen all the time where you will see people are so consumed with the finish line that they can't even run the race. You so caught up on when the race go in, you're not even enjoying the race. And so, you know, I'm so caught up and I'm gonna have a house one day, I'm gonna have a big car, I'm gonna have a big contract. Man, what about today? If you just get caught up in enough today's, tomorrow will take care of itself. Yeah. But man, we so caught up in that finish line, we can't get there. So so that, if you wanna know my, man, I would go back and have a long conversation with, with, with young oldest, man. Man, stop taking time for granted, man. You, you know, this will be over, this, this is fleeting. Absolutely. And I, you know, it's crazy. I, I think we would all go back and have that conversation with ourselves. I know I definitely look back and be like, man, it's, it's always, you know, what could I have done differently? And usually it revolves around work. You know, I'm, I'm one of the people that believes you can never work too hard. No. There's no such thing as working too hard. And, it, you know, and, you know, and obviously as I got older, it's like, okay, it's, it's working harder and it's working smarter. It's learning how to combine, you know, both into, you know, the, the same, you know, elements. But, you know, that's the one thing that I, I wouldn't want to get across because I feel like that's the, that's the missing link. And I feel like in this generation, Absolutely. you know, I, I feel like it's a little bit of lack of competitiveness, but also I just say lack of natural work. And I think it's, they kind of work hand in hand because I think, we were coming up, I feel like, you know, we were naturally more competitive yeah. because everybody was outside, everybody wanted to compete, everybody wanted to play. Now, you know, kids are a lot more specialized, I feel yeah. like, so they're kind of, everybody's kind of one-off doing their own thing. So I feel like it's lost, we have a, a lack of competitiveness, and I think that has led to a little bit of lack of work. We'll Absolutely. dive into that more in a minute.